I'm standing with Monica Lake, a project manager at Woodland Park Zoo, watching a silverback gorilla sitting in the sun, carefully inspecting a stick. He's a little hard to spot, tucked behind some grass. We're looking up a stream valley and into a dense vegetation. The plants are blooming. Um, There's little moss on rocks, and it looks as if you're looking up a valley, um, a little glade that I imagine is in Africa. The exhibit was created almost 30 years ago, guided by the zoo's long-range plan. It was considered radical at the time. The person responsible for this and for pushing zoos away from iron bars and sterile cages is David Hancocks. In the early 1970s, Hancocks was a newly minted architect in England when he got an opportunity to design exhibits for the London Zoo. Up until then... I didn't know anything about zoos growing up. His connection to nature was the time he spent in the woods and bogs in the English countryside. To him, the foxes and hedgehogs were inextricably tied to the meadows and the trees. One could not exist without the other. So when he first saw a gorilla on exhibit in London, it was a bit of a shock. He was in a cage, a flat concrete floor. It was about the size of a single-car garage, you know, he he, he was just, he'd been living in that space for 24 years and had never touched or seen any other living creature. Hancock's tried to get the London Zoo to at least add a few plants to the exhibits. And they just said, this is nonsense, you know. The argument against this at the time was, these are rare animals. We don't want them to get sick. They need to be kept safe and in view at all times. Frustrated by these attitudes, Hancock's followed an opportunity to come to Seattle. His ideas were well-received, and he became Woodland Park Zoo's director. With the help of some visionary landscape architects and ecologists, Hancock's proved his earlier critics wrong. And what you see at the zoo today is because of him. The humble penguins are a good example. The 17,000-square-foot space looks remarkably like a rocky beach on one of the Galapagos Islands. Project manager Monica Lake points to a wave that cycles through the large tank. The penguins love to play in it, but it's also part of housekeeping because it pushes the water through filters. The wave comes from the side rather than directly onto the beach, a detail that was debated for hours. Lake and her team concluded the wave is both functional and authentic. We spent a whole discussion on coming up with, oh, well, you know, I've I've been at, at... lagoons where you'll have a rock outcropping and then the wave comes around it and fills up that inner beach. This penguin exhibit gets a quiet nod of approval from David Hancocks. He left his job as zoo director in the mid-1980s. He's satisfied with the work he started here, but says even the most natural setting in the world won't make zoos a healthy place for some of the larger animals, such as elephants. The zoo's elephant exhibit has been a source of controversy. When I did the master plan, um, I asked them not to include the elephants I was hoping to get the elephants out of the zoo, so according to the master plan, the elephants are not supposed to be there. Today, the zoo stands behind how it's taking care of its three elephants. But Hancock's predicts that just as concrete cages and bars gave way to dirt and grass for the gorillas, we'll soon be seeing more zoos make the choice to send their elephants off to sanctuaries and close the exhibits for good. Meanwhile, back at the penguins, the birds appear to be very happy and a source of delight for a group of preschoolers. So far this spring, there are six new chicks and counting. Jennifer Wing, KPLU News, Seattle.